Can we all just lift up our hands to the Father and bless Him and thank Him for the privilege of being in His presence, the privilege of being before His Word. Lift up your voice to Him right now. It is a privilege to be in the presence of God. It is the privilege to be under the anointing of the Spirit of God. It's a privilege, it's a privilege, and we thank you, Father, for it. We thank you, Father, for it. We thank you, Father, for it. Come on, bless the Father, bless the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right where you are, bless the Father, bless him, bless him. Thank him for the mighty work of the Spirit, for the mighty work of his grace, for the mighty work of his power. Thank him, thank him that he will show forth his strength in your life throughout the symposium, that he will show forth his glory, that the power of his Spirit will reach you and affect the areas of your life that needs alteration. Thank him for the conversion power of his word. If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. That is the conversion power of the son of God. And the spirit of his son lives in us. The spirit of his son lives in us and abides in us. And that same power of conversion can work in your life, will work in your life. Thank the Father. Thank Him. Thank Him. Hallelujah. Skabrundet venakandron zekrepeti bahaya. File your notice before heaven tonight that your name will be in the registry of transformation. Your name will be in the registry of change. That among those whom the Lord has marked to change and bring transformation, to bring into new dimension, fresh dimensions of His grace. You will be among the fold, man de kiloska. Skabrando ze de bradavan skalitron ze le pratabansk ilubrahate sele. O modagare ketebai. Samande. Tell him your word has power. Your word has might. Your word has glory. And I'm here to experience it, O God, in all his fullness. But I thank you. Thank you that you have prepared this symposium for that purpose, for the experience of your word, the experience of your glory, the experience of your power. Yes, the experience of the divine life, the experience, my God, of supernatural possibilities that are made available, my Father, in the word. Mo apali clearon gele satre digon salibrahate. 
Andu kleprdivisando remember hectus salande gridie. Moshande grectus idvana crans gepne gridib dahaya. Tell him you receive his light. Ooh. Tell him you receive his light. The entrance of thy word giveth light. And it gives understanding unto the simple. Yes, his word is a lamb. His word is a lamb unto thy feet. To direct your ways, to enlighten your darkness. Thank him that every darkness in your life will be lighted. That illumination, enlightenment is coming into your life. The solution is coming into your life. Bless him, bless him, bless him. Bless him, bless him, bless him. Man akora bada sande. Oh, bless si fare clearer ano sile hetra aga. Mambele dudra adad vegel na aile krunzele shanze gredib dahanzele shidivrahateski. For the time to favor Zion has come. The set time has come. Oh, come on, claim it in the spirit right now. Receive it. Lambano it for yourself. Your set time. The set time. Like the woman with the issue of blood. Habosh Alibra Akta. Who said, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Maybe that is you, my brother, my sister. Man Okora Man de Gredia. Your life is hemorrhaging. Maligaron Zalibahatra Kida Bahaya. Maligadaya. Your life is hemorrhaging. You've tried everything, but you have failed. But if you can touch, have an encounter with the word, a spark in the spirit, oh, you will know that the change has come. Man ad brokopte sana bran shaka produvahanda. Set your heart for that change. Set up your soul for that change. Mati pranda, mabradus katabranjekte The devil tried with his wiles and his tricks, but there's a higher power at work in your life. There's a higher power operative in your life. Begin to tap into that power. It is the power of the indwelling presence of the Holy Ghost. It is not by might, it is not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Thank the Father, for his undeniable, notable work in your life. Thank the Father, for the conditions, the circumstances, and situations that are about to turn around in your life. Thank the Father. For the bodily conditions. For the spiritual conditions. Thank the Father for the financial conditions. Thank the Father. He told Sarah that according to the time of life I shall return to you. And the Lord is returning to you. Thank him, thank him for his return. The return of the promiser. Thank the Father. 
Bolobananda Shkibalabalabaronski Bradanda Mashanda Vipalikondo Rabadiga Sidi Branda The presence of the Holy Ghost is being transmitted right now in Emosha right where you are streaming from His power, His presence is enveloping you The angel said to Mary The Holy Ghost shall come upon you The power of the Most High shall overshadow you There's an overshadowing My brother, my sister There's an overshadowing of the presence of God Because God is getting ready to birth and bring forth that holy thing Let those tongues resound in your room Allow the Holy Ghost to give you utterance to give you utterance. Allow the Spirit to give you utterance. Let it flow. Let it flow like a stream. Yes. Release those mysteries. Those mysteries in the Holy Ghost. Release them. Release them. Bless the Lord. And declare that this symposium, this gathering will not be like other gatherings. This one is special for me Mendoza because this one marks a change a defining moment in my life Mashibranango Skaya Marondo Sapraniga Mashibranando Sagaya the Delegonda this marks a time and a moment where the Holy Ghost is launching me into a fresh wave into a new dimension into open doors for the keys have been brought forth and the doors are being opened this is that time. My God, declare it, my brother. Declare it, my sister. Mashadaba Lukonda. Kidigemondo. Gilaman Transkai, keep not silent, keep not silent, Zion, Moshalabran, for your salvation draws nigh, your deliverance is at the doors, keep not silent, let the tongues flow, Mapik Ali Pronskabrai, Moshande, ha ha, ha ha, Moshabai, Moshai, the words that I speak are spirit and they are life, Mashibraana, the spirit gives life, the spirit gives life life. The skibak is gumaya. The spirit gives life. And the words that I speak are spirit. They are spirit and they are life. Moshan and that spirit is enveloping you. That spirit is embracing you. Mashanda that life is flowing through you. In mana min mana mashadabalopra ataklipradiya. Zalabron shalabahai. Now turn your attention to the devil. Begin to tell him, I'm putting notice on you. Over the next four days, every work, every agenda, every plan, every wild intrigue, every strategy you have set for my life, every trap and snare, in the name of Jesus, it shall be exposed. Everything in my life that you have caused to stall and idle, you will back you will be forced and compelled by the power of the Holy Ghost to release it whether you like it or not devil the authority of Jesus is coming upon you the authority of Jesus is compelling you devil you and your co-host you and all your regions the power 
power of the Holy Ghost confronts you tonight concerning my life, my destiny, my possessions in the Lord, my rights and privileges, my inheritance my inheritances, my heritages. You are right now compelled by the power of the Holy Ghost to begin releasing from tonight, from tonight things withheld, the good withheld, for the Lord shall not withhold any good thing from his loved ones. Yes, that they command, if ekemano for for they have not gathered by the Lord's edict. No, 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 but because they have gathered they shall scatter for your sake they came in one way they shall flee seven ways the spirit of God right now is causing angels to dispatch come on in the spirit of God now the violent take it by force be violent in the spirit now. There's a door. There's an opening in the Holy Ghost. Begin right now to lay claims on your rights. Lay claims on your heritage in the Lord. There's a debuffing ni igizufa la felema branzga manjadvika lamanda revesta da bahanska da vraya mashanda. This is no ordinary meeting. This is no ordinary gathering. Mashapa librona. Malibra Anu Cresta, the divine among us. Malebra Ado Silivrahata Kalukrum Palita Aika Kaina Kons Alivrusta Pranda Moshan. Come on, right now, just stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, and begin to lay claims on your possessions. In the name of Jesus, your promotions have been delayed, your advancements and progress has been delayed. This matter is a matter by the watchers mashapra atoko romanda moshanda parakapta kola moshanda ibrokto palaktos kapranina nonsha i said stand up beloved child of god stand up and begin to war begin to war begin to war jabai bolubarabda askada iparapantos kapaya by the word I lay claims on the promises I lay claims on what is rightfully mine in the name of Jesus I command the thief to return sevenfold what he has stolen from me in Jesus name in Jesus name talk to that devil that devil oppressing your mind that devil oppressing your body you have the backup of the Holy Ghost. You have the backup of the host. My God, do not miss the time of your visitation. This is the time of your visitation. God is visiting you. God is visiting your enemies. God is visiting, my God, your destiny. There's a tabaluska baya. The time, the time of your visitation has come. Oh, Sali Kabrahaya. Salamante Grilida. Ah, two more minutes, two more minutes. Two more minutes in the Holy Ghost. Two more minutes in the Holy Ghost. Think about what the devil has stolen from you. He stole your mother. Mashiba Labrahaya. 
He stole your loved ones. He stole your promotion. Mesanda Bradibanda. Tell him no more. No more. No more. Have you not heard that the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy? But I have come that ye may have life. Begin to declare life. Begin to declare life. Life on your body. Life on your soul. My God, life on your family. Begin to declare life right now. Right now. Masala Bandoza. Zabrani Kabanda, Rabanda, Malibronda, Wineklefimili Patrakusta Paya. Begin to declare life against the spirit of death. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke the spirit of death. In the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus, declare life. Messiah Labrahaya, Masibranaya, rebuke the thief. Messiah against destruction. Rebuke him, rebuke him. Hey, my God. Vanda Bradabanda, Mashanda, Mali, you will still no more. You will still no more from my life. You will still no more. In the name of Jesus, you will cheat me no more. In the name of Jesus, Maraba Sadaya, Kilaboya. Mashanda, stop your killing. Stop your killing in the name of Jesus. Masha, you are not alone right now. You are not alone. The Holy Ghost is back of you. Don't be afraid to talk to the devil. Masha Mali Paraina. He stole your career, your business, your job, your fortunes. Mali Brahons Kapila Pratna. Your marriage. He stole it. He stole it. Mashada Bratnakoya. And he wants to steal some more. Hell no devil in a man shaparuta sanan oh my father my father use his word use his word declare life declare life declare life life on your soul life on your cells life on your body life 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 mashifla hatrahina come on one more minute Oh, hallelujah. One more minute, one more minute, one more minute, one more minute. One more minute in the Holy Ghost. You are in the spirit of the Lord. You are in the spirit of the Lord. You are in the spirit of the Lord. In Amanja, Lazarus come forth. Mashanda Bratiskapaya. Lazarus come forth. Riskabalu Trenteliklitra Atiglivihistapana. Lazarus. Lazarus. Lazarus come forth. Maskivani party. Gipali Briko Sapalia. Ropo Oskaita Manta Paliko Rompa. Gleparapma Atos. Scapata pali kelepani clentrova aglon maskapa rovoski malamahanto limandia. When the lion roars, who can but prophesy? I prophesy that every dead thing, every dominant gift and grace, every suspended blessing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth is coming forth, is coming forth, is coming forth. Malimai, by free cause, unhindered in the name of Jesus. I prophesy, Maalo Sebra. 
Kali Kifani, Giliatu Klifaranuski Balanuskapani, Drone Elamanzia, Drone Elamanzia, Drone Olamanzia, Drone Olamanzia Pra Atoka Pra Artistia. I prophesy Ikamino Compra Ali Comparana Compalia, Zepa Atikalipara Pali Comparaya, against the destruction in your life, against any thievery in your life, against any death in your life, against any poverty, any sickness, in the name of Jesus, I declare divine protection. May the hedge, my God, that hedge Job, hedge you and everything in your life. For the Lord perfects that which concerns you, that which concerns you, what is concerning you tonight. I declare perfection. No, I decree and command a perfection. What is concerning you? Bring it before your mind right now. Bring it before the thing that is concerning you right now. Bring it before the mind. Bring it before your mind. Bring it before the Lord right now, right now, right now. In the name of Jesus, I declare it perfected. I declare it established. I declare it, my God, removed. I declare it opened. In the name of Jesus, I declare it dead. I declare it alive. In the name of Jesus, the thing that concerns you right now, that manski, that pressing matter, that pressing matter before your whole, before before your whole, before your soul right now. Oh, sabradia. Just a few more minutes, just a few more minutes. Maremanaya, the violent take it by force. The violent, the violent take it by force. The violent, the violent take it by force. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Humility comes before honor. Humility comes before glory. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. The mighty hand of God. And he shall lift you up in due season. Humble, humble yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Oh, for he gives more grace to the humble. He gives more grace to the humble. My God, we bless you. We bless you, Father. Hallelujah. Safari Brahata Kivrisa. Just lift up your hands. Just a few more minutes. Just lift up your hands. Nambran Zimbrida. Let them, let them, let them go high. Let them go high. Let them go high. Let them go high. Divine electricity is flowing as I stretch my hand upon you right now. Wherever you are, Amanda, the electrifying power of the Holy Ghost. Man Shivrane, Masivrinia. The converting power of the Holy Ghost is flowing right where you are in your household. Right where you are in your household. The Holy Ghost has taken reins. He has taken over. He has taken over. Masibrotuska. Mashanda Bradai. 
right now quickly right now quickly find things of concern physical things physical things your wallet your bag your bed your your door your your fridge and, and go lay hands right now on it go lay hands go lay hands right now on it go lay hands right now on it and declare life and declare life on it declare life declare life on it right now go doesn't matter what it is is it your daughter your child your husband your wife whatever whatever thing right now that represents something that is of concern whether it's your wallet your burg your purse right now lay hands on it lay hands on it right now lay hands on it go 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 lay hands on it lay hands on it lay hands on it lay hands on it mashapalikronska Skabranda, Zalabranda. Some of you go lay hands on your gate. Right now, go, go. Go lay hand on your gate and declare life. Go lay hand on your door, on your window. Go declare life right now. Your Molos Sailor Man Branda. Something that represents something that is of concern. Go lay hand on it. Go lay hand on it. If you are with your husband and there's something of concern to you both, lay hand on each other right now. Lay hand. Lay hand. You don't need to spend time on it. Just lay hand on every single thing that is of concern to you. And say, I speak life in the name of Jesus. I release life in the name of Jesus. Go now. Go now. Go now. I'm giving you a few minutes. Go now. Lazarus is coming forth. Lazarus is being woken up. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 If there's a sickness in your body right now, you can lay hands on yourself and say, I release life. Life is being released right now. Transmission is taking place. Transmission, a transfusion, a transfusion from the dimensions of the spirit. Is a cone saibadia. Is a cone shaizabia. Hayza cones, hayza cones, hayza cones. Hazaimi saivedizi mahashada. Mananako beria. Oh, bless you, Father. Thank the Father again. Oh, just thank the Father again. Before we sit down, just thank Him. Thank Him for the privilege of His presence. Thank Him for the privilege. The privilege of His presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just thank Him. Thank Him for the privilege of His presence.
Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Oh, thank you, Father. Oh, my God. You know... (laughs) that this is about to be explosive when we start off on such high levels of the spirit. Well, welcome to the first day of our four-day symposium. Prospering by the word. And I just want to take just this few moments to explain and communicate clearly the purpose of this gathering, of this symposium. It is the intention of the Holy Spirit to bring your life into permanent experience. of the divine life and throughout these four days and throughout the ministry that will take place in these four days the objective is to help you actualize the supernatural divine life of God. In fact, let me let me read you a scripture that clearly defines this symposium and, and what you can expect from this. John chapter 20 verse 30 John chapter 20 verse 30 and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in the book but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God And that believing you may have life in his name. Now, the Bible tells us that all that is recorded about what Jesus did, the signs he performed, 
the works of grace and miracles and the supernatural he performed is not all that he did. That there are many other things, many other signs, many other operations of the supernatural that he carried out which are not recorded that he did. And those that have been recorded have been recorded for the purpose of convincing us that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, after we have received his life, we have rights and access to operate in the same dimensions of the signs, the wonders, the supernatural feats and adventures that he carried out. And the Spirit of God has asked me to open unlock the dimension of extreme divine supernatural reality. Last night I sent you a document. Alright? I said to you just do this and you'll see what happens. And you saw, you heard and you read the testimony of one of the brethren that, that said that a woman made her beneficiary of her business. God only knows how big her business is. But if you are made a beneficiary of a business, then that means whatever that business makes, you have a part. You did not work, she did not work for it. She did not beg for it. She did not go to school for it. It was given. It was unlocked. And these are the things that should be normalized in the life of a believer. Many of God's children, many of God's people live below the standards of the reality of the kingdom. And, and that, is, that is very shameful because it reveals something that is very tantamount or the reason behind why there is a lack of the supernatural. Now, it has nothing, this has nothing to do with spiritual activity. It has nothing to do with because you pray little, because you don't fast more. It has nothing to do with all of that because that life that is given to us 
comes with it. The supernatural flow. Meaning that works of grace, of the supernatural, of the divine, of the miraculous, should occur in our lives, not as a matter of deed, but as a matter of nature. It is in our nature to experience the supernatural. So, if, if I ask you now, right, in the last 10 days, what work of grace, of the miraculous, of the supernatural have you received in your life? Probably the only one you will tell me is the, uh, the miracle of, of, of life, of breathing. You are life, <laughs> right? But you say, I am a Christian then something is wrong. And I'll tell you, the number one reason for the absence of the miraculous, the absence of the supernatural in the life of a believer, do you know what that is? It's pride. We are not experiencing the supernatural, the miraculous, the grace, the manifested presence, power of the Holy Ghost on a consistent basis in our lives because of pride. What is pride? Pride is a reluctance to submit to the authority of the word. Pride is to rebel against the authority of God's word. There is a direct correlation between a man's humility and the power and the authority of God's word which is revealed in his life. Do you know that a Christian is not supposed to want for anything in this life? If you are struggling financially, if you are struggling with sickness, disease rather, if you are struggling with certain conditions which have been atoned for by the sacrifice of Christ, the issue that is really present with you is that you have pride. Remember the scripture says, he that despises the word shall come to ruins. In other words, the presence of destruction, chaos in our lives is directly linked to the presence of pride in our lives because pride comes before a fall. Pride comes before destruction. Pride comes before calamity. Pride comes before suffering. The sufferings of Christ were not sufferings of hunger. Christ did not suffer hunger, did he? Christ did not <laughs> Christ did not suffer Christ did not suffer uh, 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 sickness, did he? So the sufferings of Christ are not in any way related to 
issues of provision because remember he says that he gives us our daily bread. He gives us our daily bread and no father would allow his son to go hungry. But there is a dimension that is closed from believers today because of pride. I'm telling you now, uh, I'm telling you now, if, if you are struggling financially, struggling uh, with sicknesses, struggling with any other thing that is, that is, that is within the, the, the salvation, atonement of the blood of Jesus Christ, your, your reason, the reason is that you have pride. The reason is that you consistently reject, deny, and refute the authority and power of God's word over your life. It, listen, it has nothing to do with anything material. That may be the consequence, but the root of why all you experience is natural and unnatural is because you have not yet submitted yourself to the word. You have not yet submitted yourself to the righteousness of God. A man, a woman, not submitted to the authority of God's word will not only fall, but he will come to ruins. The only preservation that is laid out and guaranteed for a believer is that that comes with submission, full and total submission to the word. He humbled himself even to the point of death. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. That, that is to say that, that the, the positional authority given to him to exercise over the universe far supersedes that which he had before he humbled himself. So, so the, the good life the best life, the miraculous life is on the other side of humility. Not on this side. On this side is pride and destruction, is confusion, is darkness. But if you want the good life, you need to cross over. And the only bridge is humility. Is humility because it is through the simplicity of the gospel that men are saved. The simplicity of the gospel that men are saved. When men seek something beyond, pride has entered. Because pride thinks it is supreme. It is, it is lofty and high above God above his word. That is the nature, the character of Diablo. And you know one thing about Diablo? If he's touching you, if he, in, in his prayer, Jesus said, 
you know, I'm, I'm digressing, but that's fine. In his prayer, Jesus said, Father, keep them from the evil one. I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. But then if the evil one touches you, steals from you, afflicts you like Job, why does God permit it? Is pride. If you study the Job, if you study the book of Job, you will realize that what what perpetuated the state of Job was his pride, his self-righteousness. I did nothing wrong. Why is God punishing me? Let him come down and answer me and show me my sin and my faults. Did I not do what was right? Did I not walk? It is pride. And the Bible says the righteousness of man is as filthy rags before the Lord. But God wants us to experience and live the life he came to give to us. And this symposium is directed exactly at that. If you listen to what I will be teaching you, and if to the best of your ability, follow through, follow through. Everything I tell you in this symposium, I will tell you one thing. There is nothing that will be too good to take place in your life. Look at all the promises that God gave Saul. He told him he will give him an everlasting dynasty. That no child of his will fail to sit on the throne. But then God gave him one instruction. One simple instruction. Go to Amalek and kill everyone. He goes and he kills everyone except the king and the possessions. And he comes back and he thinks he has done what God said. But he doesn't know when he's acting that way, while he's busy dragging the king, while he's busy dragging all the goats, the sheep, and all that, God is speaking to a prophet and he's telling him, I am sorry that I made Saul king. I repent. I repent. I will tear his kingdom from him. Why? Why is that so? Because he has turned away from following me. When do you stop following God? When you stop obeying his word. I will repeat that. You stop following God when you stop obeying his word. The moment you, you decide, the moment you decide in your mind that I'm not going to do this, you have stopped following. And remember, he says, my sheep know my voice, hear my voice, 
and they follow me. At that time, you cease to be a sheep. You are something else. And that's where the vulnerabilities in our lives come in. That's where the Satan can come in and quickly destroy. Why? Because you stopped obeying. Listen, Satan, Satan can have no rights to take, to steal, to destroy, to come into your life and cause havoc if the hedge that is surrounding your life is in place. He can't, he can't penetrate. That hedge would need to be broken. And remember what the Bible says. He that breaketh the hedge shall be bitten by the snake. The only time the snake will bite you is if you break the hedge, is if you open the, 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 the door. And how do we open the door? When we fail to obey God's word. So, heed, listen. Humble you, listen, humble yourself. Are you listening to me? Humble yourself. Many of your problems, many of your problems in life are because there's no humility. There's no humility. Listen, when, when you were young, right? Did your mother or your father beat you up? Did they beat you up? After they beat you, did you listen to them? Did you continue to listen to them? Or you decided, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. Did you? Was your, was, is, is, was your mother and your father perfect? They made mistakes, right? Did their mistakes stop you from submitting and subjecting yourself to them? Now, if they did, then you would be regarded as a rebel, right? Why? Because their authority over your life is not on the basis of whether or not they do right. It's who they are to you. Your mother is your mother. Your father is your father. It will never change. You understand that? So you, you don't stop listening. You don't stop following just because you are flogged. Just because God flogged you. The Bible says harsh correction is for them who have left the way. Harsh, harsh correction is, from, is for him who has departed from the way. It says that one, he deserves harsh correction. Why? 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 David said, David said, before, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. That means at one point you deviated from the path. Because there's a way that seemeth right unto a man but its end are death. That's why the Bible tells us, do not be wise in your own eyes.
The moment you feel like you are being wise, the moment you feel like this is not God's wisdom, this is, I don't know where I'm getting this from, you run to the scriptures. You run to the word of God, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. That's how you protect your life. That's how you increase and keep the force field in your life. Humility. Listen, listen to me, my brothers, my sisters. Humility, humility, humility is the thing that will make your life. Humility is the thing that will make your life. I remember one day, a couple of years ago, around eight, nine, ten years ago, Zambasa did something to me. And he, he, he did something to me and then, and then he did something. Right? And in my mind, I, I, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a defender of the truth. I'm going to defend the truth. And I'm going to get on right in. Get into a brawl. And I did that. In anger, I did that. I did it. I did not know it at that time. But after I did that, God's presence, God's anointing withdrew from my life. I did not know it. It withdrew from my life. You know, like what the Bible says about Saul, that the presence of the Lord departed from him and then, and then he sent a harassing spirit. After that period, for a period of three months, I went to extreme depression extreme depression, harassment by devils on every side, could barely sleep for three months. One day, I'm in my bedroom after, after a friend of mine came in uh, to come see me. So I'm in my bedroom one, one, one day, I'm sitting down on the floor. The friend had just left. It's around 3, 4 in the evening. And I'm sitting... I'm, de I'm depressed as hell. No sense. Hopeless. Hopeless is, is, is how I can put it. Hopeless. Can't pray. Can't say. I can't utter a prayer. Three months. Can't utter a prayer. Nothing. Not, I'm trying to. I can't pray. Without any notice. My whole room. It was daylight. My whole room felt like the sun was just outside my, my window blasting. And from the corner of my eye, I saw a person standing. It was Jesus. He said to me, son, If you ever want to walk with me, go correct your errors. Otherwise, me and you cannot go together. And he said some other thing, and then he left, just like that. He left.
after that experience, I quickly took a bath. Quickly, I didn't even think. I didn't even give myself time to think because I, I knew what the Lord was talking about. Because as He was speaking, the all the events flashed in my mind. I quickly took a bath, took a cab, and I went to the pastor's house. I was afraid, I was scared. I went to that pastor's house. And I humbled myself and I apologized. I, I asked forgiveness. At that time, even I myself, I, I didn't know what I was asking forgiveness for, only the fact that I was wrong. God said I must correct my ways. When I left, when I left that house on my way back home, by that time it was dark, on my way back home. And think about it, I'm about, at that time I'm about 18, 19. I'm about 18, 19 years old. As I left, and I came back into my room, the power of God fell so mightily, so powerfully, I sobbed, I cried. I cried so loud, people could hear me outside. I cried. Couldn't stop it, it was uncontrollable. It was like something took over me. After that, moment elapsed God said to me now I can use you now I can use you Im imagine imagine have I said ah, it's fine that would have been the end of me And for God to prove his, uh, uh, I don't know I'm sharing this with you. Probably the Holy Ghost wants me, wants me to share this with you. Of, of two, I think a year, a couple of months later, I'm sleeping. And normally when I sleep, I used to sleep like this, right? Like on my, on my, on my, on my, on my tummy. So, I was feeling cold. It was during summer. I was feeling cold. So, so I'm trying, let me, you know, I'm trying to turn. Let me turn. The voice said, don't turn. <laughs> the voice said, don't turn. So at the corner of my eye, I see right at the foot of my bed is Jesus. He says, son, Never, ever touch any of my servants to harm them because I, I will now anoint you and whoever touches you, he says, he will perish. I don't want to use the word he used <laughs> because some of you will be like, hey, <laughs> but let me just use the words he used because anyways the Holy Ghost has asked me to say this he says I will kill them 
So at that time, I'm, I'm serving in another church, right? I'm fellowshipping in another church. Not really serving, but fellowshipping in another church. So the pastor, that church, that church was unstable. Pastors, they're changing pastors every month. Right? So this new pastor comes into the church. And at that time, the Spirit of God starts dealing with me. And we begin, we begin holding services uh, in the mafias. And we begin doing all that um, uh, healing um, meetings and stuff like that. And then we had Easter, right? So during that time, we had Easter. We were at the mafias. We weren't in that church. Now, I'm, I'm just trying to show you the kind, the level of protection that humility can do. And what God means when he says he rejects the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I'm just trying to show you that. So, the, the, conference, the conference ends, right? We go back. I go back to that church to fellowship because at that time, the Lord has not said anything about starting going into full-time ministry yet. So, when we go back, think they heard that we had a conference and incidentally, the conference we had in their mafias had more waves than the one that they had there. Right? So we're going back and the pastor, two pastors, so it's the main pastor of that branch and the second pastor with, his, with her husband. Right? The second pastor with her husband. So, <laughs> my Lord, when we go back that Sunday, the church venue is locked, so we are waiting outside, right? And then when we come in, the, the assistant pastor, without any, she starts going at uh, the guy, Milton, who was, who was with me, right? So I'm hearing it. So I go, I'm like, uh, what's going on? Right? What's going on? So Milton tells me I'm being accused of things that I didn't do and stuff like that and stuff like that. So I said to Milton, hey, 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 don't, don't, don't get into this. Just apologize and move away. Right? While I'm grabbing Milton, I'm pulling Milton and we are moving away. <laughs> the husband to the assistant pastor calls. Calls the main pastor. The main pastor wasn't there. And he, start, he, he, he makes it so that we hear him. He starts shouting. Yeah, yeah, Ashibamo, eh, Baroha, Balalerona. Right? And, and, and he says, we, we called, I. He says, I called the assistant pastor, the woman, the B word. You know, I can't say it out, but she said I called that assistant pastor the B word. Oh my God. I left, right? I left. Everything in me wanted to go back there. That day, we left, we went home. My, my, I think my aunt remembers the story. 
We came, we tell mom why I was so distraught, so devastated, you know? Because in my mind, I'm like, Lord, what have now, Lord, what is this? What have I done? What is this? What have I done? I'm distraught, you know, mom V calls the pastor, all those things, do, I, I did nothing, right? So it, it's during the day, ne? It's Sunday, around one, yeah, around 11, 12. I go into my room, I start praying. Start praying, it's around June, yes, it was June, it was June that time. I start praying. While I'm praying, the Holy Ghost speaks to me. The Holy Ghost speaks to me and he sends me out into the ministry. So at that time, I wasn't really sure, right? That is this the Holy Ghost and stuff. So the Monday, the Monday, me and Milton go, uh, there's nobody there. He had the keys. We go to that church on Monday from... <laughs> From 9 a.m., from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. So God says to me, that Sunday, don't go, because I'm like, to nah, ministry, you got to prove something here, right? God says, fine, have a, have a meeting, have a healing meeting on the Sunday. So on the Sunday, we go to the healing meeting, and the Lord confirms his word confirms his word with signs and wonders, right? So I'm like, okay, then this must be the Lord then. Immediately, two weeks later from, from that Sunday, two weeks later from that Sunday, I'll, I'll tell you the miracles of miracles, but a travesty. Two weeks, exactly two weeks later, the husband to that assistant pastor who spoke ill, they are in a taxi. They are driving with church people to, to Limpopo, right? They are driving to church to Limpopo about 9 o'clock and stuff. Guess what happens? Out of nowhere, they get into an accident. The car rolls beyond repair. Everyone leaves except that guy. That guy dies. He dies on the spot, dead. Two weeks after that event. I remembered what Jesus said to me. I remembered. And I remembered what I needed to do to ensure that that doesn't happen to me. And you know what it is? It's to humble myself. It's to humble myself. I have learned never to fight battles that I'm not supposed to. To humble myself. Because if I can, if I humble myself, then I would not need to fight many battles. Thus says the Lord thy God, this battle is not yours, but it is the Lord's. But if you are prideful, you will fight many of your battles alone. I'm telling you, many of the battles in this life, you will fight alone. And in many of them, you will lose. Because God resists. He resists the proud. He resists the proud. Have you ever heard about, about, about when God spoke about proud Leviathan? 
proud Leviathan in Job? Proud Leviathan. That is the spirit that controls all the children of pride. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you now. Learn the way of humility. Learn the way of learn the way of lowliness. Learn the way of lowliness. It will protect you from so many harms, so many hardships, so many pains, so many painries. If I come to you as a prophet of God and I say to you, for the next two days or for the next seven days, do this. And you ask me questions. You ask me, so, um, yeah, but you know, I've got, you know, there are things that, you know, I, I can assure you, if you do it, nothing will happen. Nothing, nothing can happen. Do you, you know why nothing can happen? Because it would be done void of humility. You see, humility, hu humility is, um, is, um, is a mysterious um uh, Substance, attitude. It's a mysterious power. And you never and can never really see its benefits in your life until you, you, you walk in it. That's why the Bible says, humble yourself. God is not going to humble you. God is going to humiliate you, but he's not going to humble you. You, you are the one that needs to humble yourself. Look at, look at, look at, look at, look at Adam and Lot. Look at Adam and Lot. Look at Adam and Lot. Who did Lot ask which plot, which land to choose? He asked nobody. He asked nobody. He just looked and said, that's the one I want I'm going for. Abraham. Look at Abraham. Who did, who did Abraham ask? He was told. You see, the difference between Job, uh, uh, Lot and Abraham was the fact that Abraham was told. Lot was not told. He chose. He's like, that's the one. Choices made in blindness. They will always result in catastrophe. Why? Humility. The posture of humility in the spirit is so powerful. My brothers and my sisters, it's so powerful. I remember one, one day, I was lying in bed. No, I was lying on the floor. So I was taking a nap, right? I was on the floor, I was taking a nap. Years ago, years ago, about five or, five or six years ago, I'm lying on the floor. You know that thing when, when we ask to Funufug? You know that thing where you're about to, you're about to vuga. You, you know that one, right? So I can feel that now I'm about to vuga. 
But you know, instead of me vugaring, what happened? I saw my spirit leave. I saw myself leave my body. And almost in the speed of light, I was caught up in the spirit. And I was in, I was in this in this space. I can't even describe it to you. I was in this space. There was nothing in that space. But all of a sudden, there was, you know, there was there was waves of light coming in. And the more they got closer, a figure of a man appeared. Now, this vision, in the vision or in the experience, because I saw my body and I saw myself leave. In this, in this experience, it was as if whatever that person was doing was being brought to my attention. I, I was standing at that place and, and I saw, I saw the short man. The short, okay, I was taller than him in the vision, right? I, I saw the short man with hair Polish, you know, and he was weaving something. He was weaving something, you know, and the more he weaves, it was, it looked like a cloak blanket, but it, it had light, it had scales of light. And he was weaving it, you know, he was weaving it. And then he turned, when he turned, the Holy Ghost let me know who it was. He turned to me and it was as if he knew I was there, was expecting me to come. He said to me, we are all in a race to walk closest to him. Run your race down there to walk close to him. Then he said to me, but only through humility. So, before I left, because I was being pulled back, right? Before I left, and, and it was like the Holy Ghost brought me there just to hear that thing. Before I left, he said, this, this is how I can approach him. I asked, what is that? And he, the voice echoed, it is the cloak of humility. It's the cloak, and it echoed while I came back. Years later, I think it was two or three years later when the Lord took me into heaven and he brought me into Paul's study. In his study, his, his, his library, his office is connected to the archives of God. So it's like, you see like the books you see behind me? Imagine a wall full of books and when you look left, there's no end. When you look right, there's no end. Yet, that is a room. Because when you go out, you don't see that. So I entered there and he was sitting on the on the on the on on, on, on his office and then he, he picked up a book. When he picked up the book, he gave it to me and he said, Take this is what I meant years ago when I came to speak to you. And then that book was written secrets on how to walk with the Lord. I took that book. When I opened it, it was written in the heavenly, some heavenly language I can't even begin to. But, but understanding was given me and it had there the first page table of contents or contents, something like that to that effect. And you know what was the first one? 
The first key, the first secret was humility. There were four that I saw there, but the first key was humility. What is humility? Humility is total surrender to the authority of God, total yieldedness to the governance of his word and authority. And that is what gives you weight. That is what gives you relevance in the spirit. When, when you have come to a point in your life that irrespective of your emotions, of your feelings, of your preferences, you, you are able to bend the knee. You are able to bow yourself. You are able to become lowly before him. So, so that no matter, no matter how much you may feel afflicted by life, by God, or by things, when he speaks, it is like all those experiences do not exist. And the only thing that matter at that time is what he said to you. That is when you know that you have come to humility. Look at Jesus, my brother and my sister. He comes before that great moment where he's about to experience his passion. And when he goes into the garden, his soul is so heavy, so heavy. He said, I am sorrowful even unto death. That means the weight of what he was about to go through was so heavy on his soul that he thought about living. He thought about turning back. And then he went on his knees. He says, my father, I know that everything is possible with you. So let this come pass away from me then he said nevertheless something in his spirit that is what humility is you 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 would rather do this you would rather go this way but because you are bound he said Lord, i have come in the volume of thy book to do what is written of me he was bound by destiny he was bound by the word of destiny to go through this phase he said father nevertheless not my will but your will be done and he did that three times to show us to reveal to us the agony the wrestling in his spirit against going into the thing that everything in his flesh everything in his soul screen know about but because he was pressed by destiny by the word the word the word the word he said nevertheless not my will but your will be done the reason why we are unable to experience the supernatural because we are not yet ready we are not yet ready to say father at all cost whatever it takes if i have to fast 10 days if i have to be in a mountain alone all by myself for for this miracle for this work for this power i will do it When Jesus taught, when Jesus, when Jesus walked the earth and how he was an example into the way of the supernatural, he had no choice, he, he, he had no option but to follow the Holy Ghost. After he received him, you thought that, that maybe he would go on a vacation, he would go on a boat cruise, but no, the Bible says he was thrusted by the Spirit into the wilderness to meet the devil. And he went. He went. Why? Because those who are led, who are governed, who are controlled by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. 
They are the sons of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's 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 look at let's look at let's look at James chapter 1 and then look at our subject matter for the day. The anatomy and the origin of the of the new man. Uh, just relax. You're at your home. You're not at church, right? So you don't need to worry about transport. The only thing you need to worry about is maybe tomorrow. Just relax. Because even if I were to end the service right now, you'd switch on your TV. So uh, just relax. Just relax. <laughs> James chapter 1. My, my purpose in this symposium is to try and remove your life from the abstract, from theory. Try to remove your life from facades and shadows. But deliver the words with, with so much clarity that you would you would be a fool not to begin doing what I'm going to teach you throughout these four days. You, you'd be a fool. Because it, it is so simple. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you every, every single thing that you you must do to experience desired outcomes but let's look at james chapter one and then let's begin to move into our subject matter here let's look at james chapter one um verse 22 james chapter one verse 22 right where you are please read it with me one, two, let's read. But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. Deceiving yourself. You know what that word means? Deceiving yourself? It means, it means, logicalizing yourself or thinking yourself out of God's best. It is taking yourself out of Eden. Remember what the Bible says in Genesis. The Bible says that the, the, the serpent beguiled Eve. And what was the end? They were taken out of Eden. So to hear the word only without doing it, and we'll get to doing it now, is equated to Adam and Eve leaving the garden. So that means every time you come before the presence of God's word and all you do, all you do after that time is hear it. He says, you, you will be taken out of every promise God gave you. You will, you, will, you will never experience what God gave you. L let me show you something. 
Verse 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately, immediately, not tomorrow. He says a hearer of the word. He says he's like a man who looks at himself in the mirror and immediately forgets what kind of man he is. In fact, not he is, he was. So you lose who you were when you looked at the mirror of God's word if you only hear the word. So after you finish listening to the word of God, if all you do from that time is listen to it, is hear it, you lose what you have become. That means you forfeit the thing that God's word came to make you, came to bring you, you lose it. That means the moment, the moment you were hearing God's word, you were seeing an open door. And if all you do is hear, he says immediately you'll stop seeing that door. That's why after they left Eden, they never attempted to enter back in because they couldn't find it. Because once you leave Eden, the gate into Eden will be hidden from you. Your search will be in vain. And that's what many of us are doing. We are hearing God's word only and then after we are searching, oh, where is God's goodness? Where is God's grace? Where is God's provision? Where is God's blessings? You'll never find it. You're searching in vain because that's all you are. You are what? You are hearer of the word. You are not a doer. So in order for you to imprint the image of the type of man you were when the word came to you because the Bible says he that continues in the perfect law of liberty and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work he says this one shall be blessed Woo! in what he does so he says it is doing the word first that will result in what? That will result in being blessed in what you do. So what many of you try to do is that you try to do what you do and expect results that are consistent with the grace, blessings, anointing, favor, blessings of God. Whereas all you did was hear and not do. So you're confused. You are a Christian but you're broke. You're a Christian, but, but provisions are not being met. You're a Christian, but you pray and nothing is going on in your life. There's, there's no activity in your life. All activity that is happening in your life is demonic, is dark, is dark, is dark. You start things, they don't end. Even if they end, they don't end well. You start things, you don't complete them. You try to start, you don't even start. You try to move, you can't move. And all this time you're applying force, all your, all your, you're using your, your nondos. Hoping that maybe God will have mercy on me. What mercy was Adam shown in the garden? Murima Sankara, okay. 500 years you'll stay out then no he was out forever because he was a hearer only it is deadly to hear the word of God it is deadly if if you have no intentions of doing anything with it it is deadly 
It is deadly. So he says, the one who is a doer, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, what is a doer? Who is a doer? Let me give you this. A doer of the word, <laughs> the word they do, the doer comes from the word poyeo. My God. You want, you want, me, to, you want me to preach? <laughs> Whoo. My Lord, my God. <laughs> Let me try and teach this. The word there, dua, comes from the word poyeo. It means to be a maker. He, he's not saying act on the word. No, 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 no. If, that, if that's what you heard, you're from the wrong school of thought. Because the word does not mean be an actor of the word. It means be a maker, a producer, a performer, and a generator of the word. The word there means to take the word and do something out of it. He's telling you that when the word of God is coming to you, it is coming to you with the intentions of making you a producer. That means you can use the conversion power of the word of God to begin to alter things in your life, to conform to the state of that word. Let me give you an example. He says, be ye a doer of the word. That means you are a producer of the word of healing. So when the Bible is preaching healing to you, or when you are in a presence where the healing word of God is being preached to you, he says, you can take that word and begin to produce you not God you produce healing from that word if you want prosperity or you need things to change in your finances you can take that very same word and begin to produce finances produce prosperity produce provision now, now, there's a higher dimension of this word, which is so powerful. It means to, to make something out of something. That means, in this case, God's word is resource. God's word is a tool. God's word is a material by which you build what you desire. So when God's word comes to you and he tells you, let me prosper you. He's not saying, I'm going to do it. He's saying that you are going to do it. Because you must do what God says. You understand that? You must produce what God says. So if God said, you look at Mary. When the angel said to you, say you're going to give birth. Who gave birth? Did God or Mary give birth? It was Mary for sure that gave birth. Why? Because when God's word comes, it is the responsibility of the receiver to do something with what has been said. So if nothing is done, God won't do anything. So you can wait a millennium, you can wait a hundred years, a century and a decade and wonder, God, you said long ago that I'm going to be a millionaire, that I'm going to be a billionaire, but I'm broke, I'm broke as a church mouse. Of course you are because you have done nothing with what God said. The moment you say, I'm a doer, you are saying I'm a maker, I'm a producer, I'm a performer. You are saying that I'm a creator, I'm a generator of the word of God. I bring forth 
from what is given to me. That's what God did in Genesis when the Bible tells us he took something out of nothing and he created the earth. That's what he's saying that you must be. The reason why God says that you must be a doer and not a hearer only is that hearing the word of God does nothing for you. It does nothing for you. You will never receive any blessing from hearing God's word. All you will receive is maybe a tantalizing feeling and some glimpse of hope. But it's not until you pull up your sleeves and put your hands to work. Doing what? Producing the word. Making the word come to pass. Now here's a question I want to ask. How did God produce from his word the earth? How did God produce from his word the sea, the rivers, the trees, the beasts. How did he do it? Did he not speak it into existence? The, 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 what he's actually telling you is that he doesn't want God's word to come in, in, in. He wants God's word to come in and go out because that is the purpose of God's word. He said it that we may boldly say it. So if he says it and you're sitting like this, nothing is going to happen happen because the miracle power the 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 point of change the point of manifestation the greeks call it phaneros the point at which the spiritual becomes physical is the point when the one who is in the physical dimension begins to carry out what is in the spirit what did the psalmist say forever o lord thy word is established in heaven it is not established on earth because the ones who receive the word on earth must establish it. So how does God establish his word in heaven? God, by his word, founded the earth. Now you, as the recipient of the word, must begin to identify yourself as a doer. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So what do you do? What do you do? This is what I'm going to teach you in this symposium. To do the word, to do the word, to produce healing from the word, wealth, prosperity, abundance from the word of God, peace from the word of God, joy from the word of God. This is how I'm going to show you marriage from the word of God. Yes, everlasting and enduring riches from the word of God. To be a poyeo, to be a doer of the word of God, a manufacturer of the word of God, a generator of the word of God. And, and when I tell you this, you will, you will ask yourself, what have I been doing with my life all this time? When I, when, I, when I tell you this, honestly, you'll ask yourself, you, you'll hit yourself several times, asking yourself, what have you been doing with your life for the rest of your time? Because through, through the word, you can make anything physical alter. You can, Satan says, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Now, he wouldn't tell Jesus to turn stone into bread if stone couldn't be turned into bread. That means that anything in creation can be converted. That means you can convert poverty to wealth. You can convert sickness to health. Anything is convertible. When, 
when you learn the laws of incubation, when you learn the laws of nesting, you will come to realize that you are suffering for nothing. You will come to realize that you've been broke for nothing. You've been empty and dry for nothing. You've been sick for nothing. When you come to realize this, now, I said the subject matter of our teaching. I think let me just go into this. <laughs> let me go into this. I said the subject matter of our teaching, our first teaching today was the origin and the anatomy of the new man. Now, if there is a new man, there is an old man. If there is a new man, there is an old man. If you are sitting with somebody, touch them. Look at them in the face. Tell them, if there is a new man, there is an old man. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If there is a new man, there is an old man. And here's the issue and why we are unable to experience the supernatural. We are trying to use the modus operandi of the old man to experience the life of the new man. We are trying to use human systems to experience divine possibilities. Hence, the grace of God in our lives is frustrated. Because you are trying to be a human being when you are more than it. You are trying to live in accordance to the systems of Adam when you are fashioned according to the likeness of the second Adam. Now, there are two types of men here on earth today. And among those species of men, there are subspecies. I want to get deep into this. I, I, I don't know if you can give me a chance to get deep into this. All right, because I'm going to show you, I'm going to try and diagnose the issue that is plaguing your stagnation in life. The issue that is plaguing or that is hindering the flow of the supernatural in your life. And, and, and I hope you can give me a few more minutes to try and explain this. If you, if you have not heard cleanly or carefully, you can listen to this tape after we are done, okay? But I want you to give me your closest attention right now for the next few minutes, all right? Because I'm going to try and go through this process very quickly. Uh, maybe we'll have part two tomorrow. I think we'll have part two tomorrow. But I want, us, I want us to do this introduction very cleanly. Genesis chapter one, very quickly. Genesis chapter 1. Say new dimensions await me. Say new dimensions are unlocking. Say it. New dimensions of life and reality are unlocking. New dimensions of possibility are unlocking. My God, I'm coming into liberty. I'm coming into the liberty of the sons of God. Say it. Say it. I'm coming into the liberty of the sons of God. I'm coming into the liberty of the sons of God to operate by the frequency of the gods. I'm coming into a new dimension, a new season, a fresh, a fresh realm of operation. By the power of the word. 
My God, hallelujah. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Woo! Verse 26. You know we love that one. We know we love that one. But we are we are about to make that scripture look like some 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 bread crumbs. We are about to make that scripture look like some bread crumbs. Because I'm telling you right now, as heavy as that scripture is, it is irrelevant to you. <laughs> Let us go into it. It is irrelevant to you. You will see why. Then God said, let us make man in our image. And after our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Now stop right there. He said, let us create man in our image. Let them be according to our likeness. I said to you that this man that God is talking about now is irrelevant to you. Because this man, being the first creation of God, the Bible tells us that was formed from the dust of the ground. That means that everybody that comes from Adam comes from the man who is of the dust. Even though that the man who is of the dust was made in the image of God, it was, it was, it was, it was that clay that was molded in the likeness of God. But he was dust. He is dust. God is not dust. Is God dust? Is God dust? Is God, is God made out of dust? God is not made out of dust, right? God is made out of spirit. That's what God is made out of, not dust. God is made out of spirit, not dust. So Adam was the man of dust. This is the first man. Now, the first man fell and lost the image of God. Let us look at Genesis chapter... Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man... He made them in the likeness of God. Now, look at me. If he made them in the likeness of God, if he made man in the likeness of God, that means Adam was more than a man. Or rather, was made to be more than a man. If he was made in the likeness of God, because God, God is God is God. God is not a man. Now, if Adam is made in the likeness of God, that means the man should be more than man. But Adam was not more than man, he was man. You get that? That means the process of transcendence in Adam's life didn't culminate, didn't reach 
the epoch that God intended for it to reach. So along the way of transcendence, along the journey of transcendence, he fell and could not be what God wanted man to become. Because God never wanted man to become man. So he says, God created man. He made him, in the day created man, he made him in the image and likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day created them. And then Adam, Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness and his image. Now, everyone born of Adam is not born in the image of God. He is born in the image of Adam. So, Adam, after the fall, ceased to become the man whom God created. He became something else. Even though he was a man, but he was a man of lower speciation because he was now not in the likeness of God because the son whom he bore was not in the same image that he was originally created in. He was now in the image of his father, Adam. That, that means if we, are going, if we were to trace the genealogy of man, we would not trace it to the image of God. We would trace it to the image of Adam. Because the image of God ended at that time with Adam. So every other man after Adam was not anymore in the image of God. So we really don't know how Adam must have been in the image of God. Because the image we have of man now is after the fallen man Adam. And in the process of time, the Bible tells us that there was a genetic mutation that took place between the sons of man and the sons of God. And another race came into the earth, which were called the Nephilims, which were children of men and mixed with children of angels. Now, that genetic mutation carried on because the Bible says in days before and afterward, there were giants in the earth. That means that the genetic mutation continued on even till today. Now, what that means was that throughout the history of man, we have had a degradation of the image of man. So man became, over the years, over the millenniums, more and more distanced from the image of God. Through all these proliferations and through all these uh, 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 mutations and genetic hybridization that has taken place. So what man is now around the world, what mankind is now is totally different than the first man, Adam. And the laws, the rules, the regulations that governs him are different and alien from the first laws that governed the first man. And this is the dilemma of Christianity because when we come into Christianity, the, the countenance 
of our face and our body does not change, but we go through a regeneration that, that totally removes us from the identification of man. So in reality, human beings, human beings that exist in the earth now are under the classifications of the fallen man. The first Adam. That's why it's easier to live in this world than to function in the kingdom. That's why it's easy to apply for a job than to create a job in the spirit. Because the devil is not going to allow you to transcend and go beyond what he did and what he has laid out for generations and millenniums only for you to come and, and superimpose over every single thing there is. But there was a man, my God, who came into the earth, the Bible tells us, born of a woman under the law. This man was an intrusion into time. He was a man from eternity, a man from above. He was a celestial being, yet clothed with flesh of a human being, but he was not like unto them. This one was different. The Bible tells us that this one was Emmanuel, God with us. This man came not only as a human being, but he came, the Bible tells us, as the word made flesh. Oh, before Jesus, nobody knew that the word can become flesh. Jesus is the materialization of divinity. That's who Jesus is. When he came, the Bible tells us that this man was the Lord from heaven. He was not made of the substance of the fallen man. The Bible says that God prepared a a body for him, a tabernacle for him, not of this creation. So he looked like us, he walked like us, but he was not like us. He was Emmanuel, God tabernacled with man. He was God hidden among men. Jesus came into the earth, and when he came and looked around, he saw how man had fallen from the original intentions of God. He looked around and he saw men that looked like serpents. He looked around and he called the Pharisees brood of vipers. He called the Pharisees sons of the devil. He looked around and he said, you are a human being but you you, 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 you don't behave like a human being. You are no human being. You are like your father the devil. So in this world we have sons of serpents. Men who are beasts yet they look like men. This is not surprising because this is what has been happening. This is what Satan has been doing from the beginning of time. He's been trying to seed his seed in creation. He's been trying to corrupt God's creation. And that's why the Bible tells us that as is was the day, as it was in the days of Noah, shall, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, that men will be given, given in marriage. He was talking about how there will be a mix of genes. And this is what happened. So he looked around and he said, no, no, no. I'm going to do something something 
better. I'm going to do the devil one up. Not only am I going to restore the fallen race, but I'm going to make and create a new race from who I am. This is amazing because the Bible tells us that we should no longer live according to the ordinances of the old man, but to put on to put on the new man, to put on the new man. In other words, to dress ourselves with the new man. Now, God wouldn't tell us something that is not possible. The fact that he can tell us to put on the new man tells us that we can strip off the old man. Now, what this means is the very reason why today many Christians in the world are suffering, are struggling to appropriate the life and the realities of the kingdom. It is because they are trying to live a New Testament life, my God, with Old Testament skin. They are trying to live and drink from new wine skin, I mean from new wine, from old wine skin. Don't you know if you put new wine into old wine skin you will tear it up and you will mess up what God was trying to do now this is what you are trying to do today you are trying to live a new man's life with old man ideologies in the kingdom we operate differently my brother my sister the Bible tells us that the spiritual was not first but the natural that means Adam was first, but the last Adam is the one that we are now likened unto. The Bible says, if we have borne the image of the earthly, let us bear the image of the heavenly. That means right now, if you want to walk with God, if you want to change things using the systems, the rules of the kingdom of God, you're going to need to subscribe to the new man. The Bible tells us that no man can see. No man can see. You are blind until you are born again. No man can see. You don't know what reality is until you are born again. But being born again is the first step. This is where you receive the spirit from heaven. This is where you receive the spirit from above. If any man is in Christ, he is a new man. He is a new man. He is a new creation. This means, my brother, this means, my sister, that old things cease to exist. That means you can't come into Christianity with old things. You can't come into Christianity with your old stinking thought patterns, with your old strongholds. Once you come into Christ, you gotta leave those things at the door. And the Bible tells us that to see that all things have become you. That means in order for the new to supplant the old, something needs to happen in your dianoia. You must begin seeing differently. That means where you saw lack, you must begin to see abundance. Where you saw sickness, you must begin to see health because the life of the new man is regulated by different laws. The new man himself does not have organs like the old man. My God, there's a reality and a dimension in the spirit that God's people must understand because the Bible tells us uh, that our life in Christianity begins after the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, and we, when you look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ uh, and when he came uh, and met the disciples and tell Thomas, uh, Thomas uh, look inside me, touch me and see uh, my God the Bible tells us there was no blood in him uh, 
They ate my God. There is no organ in the body that can be sustained without blood. Jesus' heart was ruptured. It broke. It tore on the cross. That means there was no possibility for Jesus to be alive. There was no possibility for him to be alive. But lo and behold, on that third day, on that faithful day, he rose from the dead. And now all of a sudden, his life was not regulated by the heart pumping. His life was not regulated by blood. His life was not regulated by the organs in his body. Something different had happened because the Bible tells us that if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that is the spirit that raised Jesus. That means the organs, the sustenance, the life regulator of Jesus is the Holy Spirit. That means the organs that pump up Jesus' life force is the Holy Ghost. He is Jesus' kidneys. He is Jesus' lungs. He is Jesus my God liver. He is Jesus stomach. That means the new man has an entire system that he lives by. Remember when Jesus met the devil and the devil told him about turning stone into bread and Jesus said my boy I've got news for you man he was not just talking about any man he was talking about the new man man shall not live by bread alone that means at any point in time the new man can decide to stop living from food and live from the energy of God's word that means the new man can eat the word of God in the same way that he eats food and have the word of God supply nutrients to his system. I'm telling you this because the Bible tells us that all food is sanctified by the word and prayer. That means if they give you food that is poisoned, you can cleanse it by the word and prayer. I told you the word can convert. Now this means that after you come into Christ, forget my brother, my sister, forget your life being regulated by the government systems of this world forget Zuma, forget Ramaphosa, forget Joe Biden, but now Jesus is your Lord, Jesus is your King, if Jesus tells you to come out of the boat you don't care how many times people have sunk before, you will come out believing you will walk if Jesus tells you speak to that body, it doesn't matter what doctors say, it doesn't matter if a doctor tells you no but you haven't gone through the x-ray you don't need an x-ray because the word is your x-ray. The Bible tells us for nothing is hidden from whom we have to give account. That means the word of God is the x-ray of the new man. That means you can diagnose and give prognosis for whatever troubles in your life. You don't need to go see Dr. Stian Azen. You don't need to go see Professor Ursa. No, no, no. Jesus is the physician. The Bible tells us that the Pharisees blasphemed him and said to him, physician, heal thyself. <laughs> he, my God, Jesus could heal himself. If Jesus could heal himself, then you can heal yourself. He said, this thing my father has given me as the father has life in himself so has he given me to have life within myself and this is the same life the bible says he that has the son has the life Jesus my God in today's age he can die and raise himself tomorrow the power of death has no hold over him 
This is the new man. The new man does not live like the old man. The new man lives and is sustained by the flesh and the blood of his creator. My God, remember he said, he that drinks my blood, he that eats my flesh, he shall not die. You see why you are dying? You are taking those pills, but you are still sick. You are going to the clinic every week, but you are still sick. My brother, you have not drunk of the blood. You have not eaten of his flesh. When you begin eating, that sickness will begin to deteriorate. You will begin tapping into the life of the new man. That life of a new man, the Bible tells us, to as many as received him, he gave the power to become the sons of God, born of God, not according to the flesh or the will of man, but according, 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 according to God. The Bible tells us again, of his own will, he beget us by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits. The world has seen nothing yet. The new man is coming to light. The born again race. The Bible tells us it doth not yet appear who we are but at his revelation when these revelations begin sinking in, all of a sudden you begin looking around and you begin asking yourself where is the devil because the devil can't stay where the word is. I'm telling you right now the Bible tells you that being born again not of corruptible seed not of destructible seed but of incorruptible like Galabahaya indestructive seed that is the word of God if you are being destroyed if you are being supplanted if you are being oppressed I'm telling you now the new man has not yet been quickened in you because when the new man is quickened you will mortify the deeds of the flesh that's why God tells us that the carnal mind and the carnal man cannot please God. He's alien. They don't operate on the same frequency. Ah, what I'm trying to tell you is that you, 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 you may not have known it, but you are not really human. You are something more than a human being. And maybe you don't know this. Maybe you're still thinking, oh, I'm a skeptical. I'm a human being, child of God. God does not see you as a human being. The Bible says, have I not called you gods? And to whom the the scriptures has come. He cannot be broken. God does not turn back what he said. This is an irreversible process. Once you become born again, you cannot become unborn again. Even hell will reject you if you die telling yourself, I'm unborn again. It is impossible because once the Holy Ghost, once that new spirit is regenerated in you, you become a totally different man. The Bible says be renewed in knowledge according to the new man. There's a time and that time I believe is now where you need to say enough is enough. Lord, teach me your ways. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. This is the way. This is the heritage. The counsel of the Lord is with them that fear him. 
when you begin to understand that you are much more than a human being you will begin to access the realities of Jesus you will begin to agree with Jesus death as long as you still think that suffering is 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 part of life that I must be poor that God you, you have not yet attained unto the knowledge of the sons of God you have not yet come into the liberty of the sons of God because the sons of God have left the elementary things. Paul says when we were children, we were under bondage by the elements. But now we are men. We are sons. We bind the elements. We are no longer under the elements. We bind them. We tell sickness where to go. We tell devils where to go. We tell poverty where to go. We can command the stars. We can command the winds. We can command the trees. We can even bring it down to the economy dimensions. We can command money. We can command the financial systems of this world. We can command my brother and my sister things to come into shape, to come into light. The Bible tells us that God brings to nothing the things that are things that are not. This is what you can do because God, God called Abraham the father of faith because Abraham said he believed in God who is able to raise the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. That means you can look at your empty fridge. You can look right now at your empty wardrobe and call those things which be not as though they are. Why? I'm a new man. I don't function like the old man. The old man needs to gather money the new man calls money my God this is the life of the new man this is the life of the new man the old man must toil until he sweats the new man doesn't toil are they not all ministering spirits called to serve those who are heirs of salvation the new man can sit where he is and tell angels to go to Nigeria and bring forth destiny help us the new man Man. The new man is not limited by the boundaries of national borders. The new man is not limited by means of transportation and physical limitations. The new man, my God, doesn't need money to get healed. The new man is beyond what everyone has thought of. If any man is in Christ, you can bring that thing, that thing now that has been a plague. You see, once you get born again, every other thing in your life ceases to be reality. It's a mirage. The only reason why you think it's real is because your mind and your eyes are fixed on it. If you begin to close your eyes and see what God sees and see what God has shown you and speak what God has said and speak what God said you are, you will begin to wonder how, how have I for this long lived a life beyond what my father came to bring me? If you being evil know how to give good, give goods to your children how much more shall the father give to his sons for Motesa who ask him and then he said in another place fear not little children for it is the father's good pleasure to give unto you the kingdom what is the kingdom he told his disciples I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom and whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in the heavens that means right 
now. There may be things in your life that are going wayward. Things in your life that are out of control. You can step up and say enough in the name of Jesus. I bind the situation. My God! It is the new man's life. The new man. <laughs> the new man. The new man, my God. Come on, everybody. Let's pray. Let's pray. Huh? Kila pranda, kila brade kalibrosta, gebredila pratuska panda, zgelebrando sapaila, rababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababababab
I see the new. I see the new, new dimensions, new reality, new experiences in God. I see, declare it tonight, declare it tonight, I see. Oh, we give you thanks, Father. We bless you, we honor you. We reverence you, we acknowledge your supremacy. We acknowledge your word, we acknowledge your power and your grace. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We pray, we pray, we pray, thanksgiving to you. Thanksgiving to you. Masai. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Good evening. Glory to God. Praise the praise the praise the praise the praise the Galibada. Praise the Lord. Oh, my God, new dimensions await you. New dimensions await you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, bless the Lord. Hallelujah, bless the Lord. Whew. Good night. Let's continue tomorrow, 7 p.m., day two. Good night. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Keep declaring. Keep declaring the word. Keep declaring the word. He said it that you may boldly say it. He said it that you may boldly say, don't keep silent, Zion. Keep declaring the word. Hallelujah. God bless you. See you tomorrow. Good night. Whew, thank you, Jesus.